0: We thank you tonight for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. Lord, thank you for your mercies that endure forever. Father, I thank you and praise you for our time together tonight. Lord, I thank you that uh, as we often say, there's no time nor distance in the spirit. And so Father, I thank you that even though we might not all be in the same place, we're in the same place spiritually. And Father, I thank you it's because you, are in our midst and you are everywhere and so lord we thank you for that father i thank you for the word of god tonight and i praise you that you have given us your word i thank you father for the privilege that we have to study your word to look to you for revelation and insight holy spirit we give you permission to teach us tonight to bring that light that revelation to us and cause the word of God to become alive, cause faith to arise in our hearts. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that none of us will end this time the same. And we believe you for it and we give you all the honor in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's look at our foundation scripture for this series. This is week 11 of the healings of Jesus. We're going to talk tonight about the healing of the 10 lepers, and uh, so I'm real excited about that, but let's look at John 21 and 25. Uh, You probably know it by heart by now after 11 weeks, but uh, let's look at it anyway. It is um, our foundation scripture that we're kind of basing this series on. And uh, I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James. It says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that not even the world itself, or I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And the Amplified Bible says that if they should all be recorded, but one by one in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain or have room for the books that would be written. So point being is this, and we've said this every week, there is no way that, uh, that physically it probably could have been recorded everything that Jesus said or did. And. His three and a half years of ministry, but thank God the Holy Spirit saw to it that what was important, what was necessary for us was recorded. And uh, so we are taking the time to look at these 19 cases of healings that occurred in Jesus' ministry. And of course, as we just read, there are many, many more people that were healed Uh, under Jesus' ministry, but I thank God that we do have record of these 19 cases so that we can look at them, we can study them, we can glean truth from them. And uh, as I've said to you every week, the reason that we're doing this is if we can find out what those people did to receive from the Lord Jesus, then we can get what they got. And uh, I believe that's one of the main reasons that the Holy Spirit had uh, or gathered this together and put it in in our our hands. And so, as I have told you, uh, you know, pay attention to the details. uh, Look at each detail. And and I want to encourage you, as you spend time reading the scriptures and then meditating in the Bible, um, take time to think about the details. What I do... Uh, a lot of times especially when i'm reading in the gospels and then some of the historical events in the old testament i picture myself as if i am there watching it and experiencing it because that helps me pick up on some of the details that a lot of times we just gloss over if we're just reading it very quickly so pay attention to those details Again, one of uh, the goals, or two of the goals, rather, that we're looking to gain from this study is not only how to receive healing for ourselves, but how we can effectively minister healing to other people. And of course, my prayer is that uh, whoever needs it in this Bible study, throughout these Um, these weeks and then even after we're done as people go back and they look at the notes and they listen to the messages and so forth I believe people will be healed uh, as a result of this and so I'm excited about it now we've looked at and, and we won't look at it look at these scriptures for the sake of time but Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 and then Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35 Matthew 4 23 and 9 35 tell us that Jesus, they give us a summary of Jesus' ministry, that he went about uh, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing uh, the, all kinds of sickness and disease. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. 30%, one-third of Jesus' ministry was dedicated towards seeing people healed and made whole, healed from sickness, healed from disease. And so we need to emphasize what Jesus emphasized. We need to look at that and realize this is important. It's an important thing to God. It's an important thing to uh, in the Word of God, and it ought to be an important thing to us. And so as we've looked at that, again, Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. And so we need to have Proper teaching, especially on where things like healing are concerned. Again, you have faith for what it is that you hear. In other words, um, whatever you're hearing, that is what you're going to have faith to receive from God. So again, I encourage you, whatever it is that you might need from God at the moment, whether it's a physical need, whether it's a financial need, you might need peace, whatever it might be, go to the word and find out what the word says about that particular subject and let that get down in your heart and let it grow and develop your faith. All right, so let's look at Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, Luke 17 verses 11 through 19, and um, you're going to love this, this particular case or these cases of healing tonight. Um, I, I just really got excited as I was uh, studying and preparing for this. So Luke 17, verse 11 says this, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he, Jesus, passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, arise, or said to him, rather, excuse me, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, we're going to look at this verse by verse as we have all these other cases. And again, we're going to break this down and get very particular in what we look at. So let's look at verse 11, Luke 17, 11. It says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, if you were to, maybe your Bible in the back has uh, some maps. If you were to look at a map of Israel in that day, um, you would see that the area that Jesus is ministering in is in the northern part of Israel, and uh, it says that he passed through the midst of Samaria. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Samaria. Samaria. Samaria goes all the way back, the name of that area goes all the way back to Old Testament times when the kingdom of Israel, the nation of Israel, was divided. There was the northern kingdom uh, of Samaria, or Israel, and then there was the southern kingdom of Judah. Now what happened is, as the kings and the people that were ruling in the northern part became more and more wicked... If you'll recall, one of the instructions that God gave the children of Israel was that they were not to intermarry with people outside of their nationality. They weren't to uh, cohabitate with them, they weren't to learn their ways and so forth and so on. But what happened is, is when the northern kingdom uh, of Israel became more and more wicked, they married into a lot of the nationalities or the, the people that lived around them And so long story short, what ended up happening is a great area, great section of this part of the country became half-breed Jews. In other words, they were not 100% Jewish anymore. And so this part, the city of Samaria, was the capital of Israel, the northern kingdom. But after time, this whole area became known as Samaria. And now fast forward to, to Jesus' time, This area was very much looked down upon by the Orthodox Jewish people who lived in the rest of the nation. And particularly the closer that you got to Jerusalem, uh, the more the people were more Orthodox in their beliefs. And so they did not regard uh, or they didn't esteem at all the people of Samaria. Uh, If you'll recall, you remember there was a lady who came to Jesus asking for healing for her daughter. And, uh, Jesus gave, or he made a statement to her. He said, it's not proper, uh, to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And so, and of course, Jesus was trying to get her attention and break through some religious thinking of hers. But my point is this, is that outside of, uh, the Orthodox Jewish people, they looked at these others as less than and lower than. Now here's something, and the reason I'm emphasizing this so much, notice that it says uh, that Jesus passed through the middle of Samaria. So here these people were not regarded, they were considered less than by the, the rest of the nation, but Jesus walked right through the middle of them. Because here, and a couple of things to note, religious tradition was not going to tell Jesus where he could go and who he could minister to. Uh, you know, it, it didn't dictate to him who he could talk to and who he could not talk to. If you'll remember, there was another lady that Jesus met at the well and had a conversation with her. And uh, you remember that they had a lengthy conversation and she's the one that had Uh, been married five times and so forth and so on And, and and jesus had this interaction so here's what i want you to see is that that jesus went wherever people were hurting and had need and he still does the same thing today jesus goes wherever there are people who need him and so what i want you to see is that nobody dictated where jesus went except the holy spirit and god the father So anywhere that there were hurting or hungry people, Jesus went there and he did not care what people would think about it or say about it when he went there. He knew that he was going against the grain when he went up there and was ministering to those people. And I want you to notice this, that no matter where somebody's life might be, you know, they might be in a position where they're equal to the Samaritan people. They got off course. They're away from God. Uh, they're not walking with the Lord like they could or should. I want you to know Jesus is passing through the middle of their life in order to reach them and try and bring them in. So he was letting this society of outcasts know that he was available to them. And he still does the very same thing today. Now, Jesus will never force himself on anyone, but he is available to everyone Who will receive him. And that's very important for us to remember. You know, sometimes we that, and maybe the longer we become Christians or or the longer we are Christians, there's a danger of us uh, maybe taking on a little bit of this mindset that, you know, we almost can look down on our noses, look down our noses at people uh, maybe who are outside of the church or who are struggling or whatever the case might be. And just know that those people are just as important to Jesus as you and I are. Okay, so just keep that in mind. And so that's why he went to Samaria to minister to these people. Now, look at verse 12. It says, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now, these men, again, to just refresh you on Jewish law, if someone uh, had suspected that they had caught leprosy and they began to have some of the symptoms of it on their body, then what they had to do is go to the priest and let the priest examine them. And the priest could determine whether they were now uh, had leprosy and had to be outcast from the rest of society. And if you'll recall, once that happened, then they weren't allowed to go back home. They weren't allowed to be around their family. They weren't a- allowed to be around any other people. They had to keep some distance from everybody else. And if you remember when they were out in public, if there was a danger of somebody coming in contact with them, they had to yell, unclean, unclean, so that people would know that they had leprosy and, and wouldn't get close to them and, and so forth. So apparently these 10 men, And there were probably others, but these 10 men had been deemed as lepers by the priest of the day. And so they lived out in a leper colony outside of society. So they had left their lives, their families, and everything that they had known. And so because of this, it was very common for lepers to live together in large numbers. So that's why you see these 10 men together in this group. Because all they had, think about it, y'all. All they had was each other. And mm. so, you know, here they were. And so these 10 men had to stay a certain distance from other people. But I want you to think about this. Something or or somehow these 10 men heard something about Jesus. Mm. They heard that Jesus could be their help, that mm. Jesus uh, could heal them and and minister to their physical condition. Maybe uh, you know somebody else that had been healed of leprosy under Jesus ministry. Their story had gotten to them. and so they were coming to Jesus to see if they could get help. Now they came as close as they could to Jesus and still be within the parameters of the law. But I want you to see that it says that, they met him and yet they stood afar off. Look at verse 13. It says, And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, have mercy, uh, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now they said a mouthful in just those handful of words, but again, I want you to realize something. They would not have called out to Jesus for help if they did not believe that somehow he could help them. And so that's what they did. And so when they cl- called out, out of their hopeless situation, they said, Jesus, master. So what they were saying is, Jesus, we surrender to you and declare that you are a uh, master over us. That would be like saying, Lord Jesus to Jesus and giving him an opportunity. And then notice what they said, have mercy on us. Now, we've heard that before. There have been others that have cried out to Jesus. You remember the blind men that cried out to Jesus said, son of David, have mercy on us. Bartimaeus said that. So they would cry out for mercy. And, uh, you know, what I want you to see is, and this is kind of cool. Notice they didn't say Jesus heal us. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. So they would cry out for God's mercy. Now, here's what I want you to see. Write this down: Healing is a flow of God's mercy. Healing is a flow of God's mercy. Now, what you'll learn if you and, and I encourage you sometime do a study in the Word of God about the mercy of God, because what the what these people believed is. If they could ever get on the side of God's mercy, then they could get help from God. They could get help from heaven. So they somehow found out from the word that anything that their life needed, God's mercy could fulfill. And the same thing is true for us. Anything that your life might need, God's mercy can meet that need. Now, thank God for us, God poured out his mercy into our lives through the Lord Jesus. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm reminded, just write this scripture down, write this reference down. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says this, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, I often say this, God is such an extravagant God that he doesn't want us living on yesterday's mercies. Every time you wake up in the morning, there are brand new mercies waiting on you. And I love that. I love the fact that, you know, and it kind of reminds me, you remember the the manna in the Old Testament? how every morning they had to go and retrieve the manna, which was going to feed them and sustain them. And because God wanted them to have something fresh every single day. And so what I want you to see is, is that God wants you to have brand new, fresh mercies every day. Now, the good news is, and because he does that, you're never going to exhaust God's mercy. I love the fact that the scripture says that is not only are are his mercies new every morning, they said, uh, uh, the scripture says that his compassion, it fails not. Uh, You know, his mercies last, uh, you know, to a thousand generations. So God's mercy is something that is great. I heard it said, and I hope I get this right. God's grace is where he gives us what we don't deserve. His mercy is where uh, let me th- let me think it through. His grace is where he gives us what we don't deserve. His mercy is where he doesn't give us what we do deserve. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I got that right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think Hallelujah. you get the point. Okay? So Hallelujah. what is cool about this is these men and others knew to call out for God's mercy. So as I said to you, healing is an outflow of God's mercy. Provision is an outflow of God's mercy. Salvation is an outflow of God's mercy. Peace is an outflow of God's mercy. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that if you, if you get a chance, we won't turn there for tonight for the sake of time, but in Ephesians chapter two, It says that we have been raised up together and made to sit together with christ in heavenly places and uh, so that in the ages to come god can reveal to us his goodness his grace and his mercy and i believe that throughout eternity there are going to be aspects of god's goodness and his mercy That we're going to see new sides of that, new parts of that, things that we've never seen before about God's grace and mercy. And and it's going to be absolutely awesome that, you know, as and think about this: for eternity, we're going to look to the throne of God and we're going to see something about his goodness and his mercy we've never seen before. And so that's just how vast, and that's how great his goodness and his mercy is. Now Write this statement down. The mercy of God contains all the help of God. The mercy of God contains all the help of God. So if, if you can learn to rely on God's mercy, you can obtain His help. If you can receive God's mercy, you can obtain God's help. Now somebody might say, well, how do I receive God's mercy? Let me ask you a question. How did these 10 men receive God's mercy? They asked for it and they spoke words of mercy. Mm -hmm. The way you receive from heaven is to believe in your heart and to say with your mouth. So -hmm. the way you receive God's mercy is to believe in your heart that God is a merciful God. And then say, Lord, I receive your mercies today. I thank you for brand new mercies today. I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's look at verse 14. It says, so when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. I love the message translation. It says that Jesus took a good look at them now i want you to think about this jesus is walking through this area this village we don't know what village it was but he was walking through this village these 10 men are standing off a distance from him crying out to him saying master have mercy on us and it it stops jesus in his tracks And he begins to take a good, long look at them. Now, another thing I encourage you to study, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it tonight, but look in the Old Testament at what people would often pray about when they would say, Lord, don't turn your face from me. In other words, Lord, keep your eyes towards me. The scripture says that his eyes are open to the cries of the righteous. His eyes and his ears are open to the cries of the righteous. So what I want you to see is is that Jesus stopped. He takes a good look at these men. And then something very unusual happened. He didn't move towards them. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't... uh, you know, do any of the other methods of healing that he administered to other people. Notice what he said. He, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, what's interesting about that is, uh, again, you know, and we've emphasized this with some of the other cases. Jesus did for them the best thing he could have ever done for them what was that he spoke to them Mm -hmm. he gave them his word and and listen to me the word of god the word of jesus is more important than having someone lay hands on you the word of jesus is more important than someone spitting on you as as we often saw or sometimes saw jesus do My point is this, Jesus didn't have to go lay hands on them. All he had to do was speak a word. Now, what's interesting about this word that Jesus spoke when he said this, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, if you'll recall, there's one other case of leprosy that was healed in Mark chapter two that we looked at where Jesus healed the man. You remember the man came to Jesus and said, Lord, if it, is your will, if, it, if it is your will, heal me. And Jesus said, it is my will and touched him. And he was healed of his leprosy. And then Jesus gave him instructions. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, why is that? Because according to Jewish law, if someone was cleansed of their leprosy, If the leprosy was stopped and the process of that disease was stopped, then what they were supposed to do is go and get re-examined by the priest so the priest could determine if they were indeed healed, and then he would give them permission to enter back into society. And so notice what Jesus' words were. Go show yourselves to the priest. Now, I want you to think about this. He told them to do something based on something they had not received yet. He told them, go show yourself to the priest as though they were already healed. Yes. Okay. Now get that. You remember Romans 4 says that God calls those things which be not as though they were. So Jesus tells them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, here's what's cool. Notice what happened. It says, and so it was as they went, they were cleansed or they were healed. Now, here's what I want you to see. Jesus told them to do this before they ever got healed. And if they believed and obeyed what the word was to them, then as as they turned and went, their healing was manifest. So again, this is the same pattern we have seen over and over again in several of these cases of healings where Jesus would speak a word to someone, give them an instruction of faith, and the moment that they obeyed that instruction is when the manifestation or the fulfillment of that healing would come. What if these guys, one or two of them or whatever, what if, if they had had said, well, there's no reason for me to go and show myself to the priest the only reason you go show yourself to the priest is if you've been healed or you've been cleansed of leprosy and they start Mm -hmm. looking around at their bodies and they're like nothing has happened yet or or nothing has happened that's dumb for me to go to the priest at this point so i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna wait till my healing manifests and then when it manifests i'll go and show myself to the priest well guess what if that was the attitude that they would have had, they would have never received their healing. Mm-hmm. But what happened is they had enough faith to hear what Jesus told them, to obey what Jesus told them. And it says, and as they went, they mm-hmm. were cleansed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this to you. There are going to be times, and it's, it, it, it's the same thing for whatever it is you might be believing God for. There are going. there is going to be an element of faith that's going to require you to take action. Mm. And as you take action is when the power of God will show up to do the work. But if you never take the action, if you never step out in obedience, then the power of God will not be released into your situation. All right. So, so again, uh, It says that the only reason that they would have need to have gone and show themselves to the priest as if they had been cleansed or healed. And as they went, they were cleansed. So what happened to these guys at the moment they turned and the they went, the process of leprosy was stopped. Now, Mm -hmm. if you remember, we've talked a little bit about leprosy in the past, but leprosy was a disease that was progressive. It would go to work on your skin, and over time, it could uh, cause you to lose appendages, you know, fingers, maybe a part of your nose or an ear or something. It's a horrible disease. And Mm -hmm. so when these men turned and went to go show themselves to the priest, the process of leprosy was stopped. So Mm -hmm. no, no more damage was going to take place. All right? So... There's an important reason that I'm telling you that, and we'll see that in just a moment. So when we need a miracle in our lives, God will always give us a word to obey. It will either be words, instructions from the written word of God, or it might be something that you have an unction in your spirit. So there will always be an instruction for you to obey. So... Go to verses 15 and 16. Verses 15 and 16. And it says this And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, now all 10 turned and went. Mm -hmm. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and Mm -hmm. fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he, was a Samaritan now in those two verses, there's a mouthful. Okay. So let's see what happened. So all 10 of them heard the word, heard the instruction that Jesus gave them to go show and go show themselves to the priest. And as they went, it says they were all cleansed, but one of them, when he saw that he was healed. So there was something immediate that happened in all 10 of their physical bodies. So when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Now, again, I, I like to picture these things in my mind because it helps me. I don't, we don't know how far away from he got from Jesus, but we know that they were at least some distance away from Jesus just because of the leprosy. And so it says that as he turned and went, so he was walking away from Jesus He got some distance away from Jesus. He saw that he was healed. He turns and he begins to come back to Jesus. And it says, and with a loud voice, he glorified God. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what I want you to see. He must not have seen anything when he first went, but as he obeyed what Jesus said, he was healed. Now, what happened? I I looked it up in the Greek, and it says when he, with a loud voice, glorified God. This is interesting. In the Greek language, it's two Greek words put together. It's the Greek word megas, M-E-G-A-S, and the Greek word phony, P-H-O-N-E, spelled like our phone, okay? What happens when you put those two words together in the English language? It spells megaphone. megaphone. Okay. What do you do when you need a megaphone or you use a megaphone? What are you trying to do? You're trying to be heard. You're trying You get loud. You're wanting to raise your voice. You're wanting to uh, express yourself. All right. So what happened is this guy got so excited because he had been healed, even though he was some far off, some far a distance away from Jesus, he began to yell at the top of his lungs, and thank God that he had been healed. I want you to think about that for just a moment. If you had been dealt this this horrible disease, and you had lost everything that you had, you had lost your family, lost your job, lost your home, and now you were living in the outskirts of town with other people who are sick like you. And I want you to also think about something. You know, because they couldn't go work a job, they didn't have a steady source of income. And, you know, uh, by the way, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, there was a, a belief in the, in the time that Jesus ministered that if somebody got leprosy, it was because God judged them and they had messed up and God judged them and was mad at them. And so that's why they ignored the the leper colonies. That's why they ignored these people with leprosy because they they thought, well, God's mad at them. God's judged them. So we don't want anything to do with them. So here's my point. They didn't have a steady source of income. They were dependent on people uh, maybe throwing scraps of food in their direction and all this just horrible, horrible conditions that they were living in. And so what I want you to see is, as this man turns, or all 10 of them actually turn, walk away from Jesus, all of them get healed in the sense that the leprosy is stopped. He realizes what has happened and he begins to yell at the top of his lungs, not just yelling anything, but it says that he glorified God. Now, the last phrase of verse 16, I want you to notice something. He was a Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Now think about this with me. He was not an Orthodox Jew. He didn't attend synagogue. He didn't know what the the Torah said. He didn't know the, the right way to worship. The only thing he knew was I got healed and I'm thankful for that. And so he didn't know the formal official way to worship The only thing he knew to do was to get loud and glorify God. Listen, I think there's sometimes when we need to lose our formality, when we need to glorify God with a loud voice. And so uh, it says that he came and he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now notice this. He made his way through the crowd, through the people that were there, he, he made his way right up to Jesus. He fell down at his feet and glorified God, giving Jesus thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, this is just uh, absolutely awesome because, and I love the fact that Luke noted that he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was about as religiously trained a, as as a, a rock. Okay. He knew nothing about religion. All he knew was God has been good to me and he deserves my thanks and my praise. Hallelujah. And and I think sometimes you and I, we need to remember that when God does something for us, we need to just maybe forget about what is proper and and just let him know how grateful we are. You know, sometimes I'm quickened and, and, and as I was studying this and, and, um, you know, I was thinking about this has I had to examine my own heart. Have there been times when God has done something for me and I was I was kind of passive in my thanks? Or did I maybe not make a big enough deal about it as I should? Or it just has kind of become routine and mundane. And I never want to let God moving in my life become routine, so routine and mundane that I don't do what I need to do in giving God thanks, okay? Mm-hmm. So before before this moment, he was visibly a leper, but now he's loudly healed, all right? Mm-hmm. And that's so important. So let's go to verse 17. Mm-hmm. So it says, so Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed or 10 that were healed? But where are the nine? In verse 18, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Okay, now, why would Jesus ask that question? Why would Jesus ask the question, were there not 10 that were healed? Uh, But where are the nine? Now, let me, before I I answer that question, I want to preface this. Jesus is not on an ego trip. He doesn't need you and me patting him on the back saying, you did a good job Add a boy. He doesn't need that. Okay. Jesus is not so insecure that he needs praise from people in order to validate himself. All right. So I want to say that up front. So when Jesus asked this question, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Here's why he asked that question his expectation was that all of them would return to him and give him thanks (laughs) his expectation was that they all would return and give god glory for what god had done for them and and because it was important enough to them Mm -hmm. now i want you to notice something it was not only it not only should have been important to them it was important to him. Mm -hmm. So that's why I I said what I said. We need to examine our hearts sometimes and make sure that we are thankful for what Jesus does for us. Now, only one person, one man returned to express proper gratitude for what they all had received. And uh, so again, Examine your heart. Ask yourself, are we showing proper gratitude to to the Lord for what he's done in our lives? And only you can answer that. So just make sure. Now, here's why. uh, One of the reasons why. And that is this. A heart of gratitude will keep the door shut from allowing the devil from being able to steal from you what you have received. Let me say that again. A heart of gratitude is what will shut the door on the devil, allowing him from being able to steal what you have received. See, I believe that the moment that we lose our gratitude, that opens the door for the enemy to be able to come in and steal from us whatever it is that we have received, in this case, healing. And... Um, I think it's important for us to maintain this heart of gratitude. Because listen, it's going to be hard for the devil to steal your healing from you when all, you know, you spend the majority of your time, Lord, I just want to take a moment. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Thank you for the way that you take care of me. Thank you for providing for me. That's going to shut the door on the devil from being able to steal that from you. Okay. Okay. Now look at verse 19 and it says this, and Jesus said to him, said to him, who, who's he talking to? The leper. What leper? The one that came back to worship him. The one that came back and worshiped him. And he told him something. He said this, he said, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The King James, the original King James, says something a little different. It says, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Whole. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus gave them a word. He said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And the Bible says that as they turned and went, they were cleansed. What happened? When they left and obeyed the word in faith, the process of leprosy was stopped. They were healed in their bodies. So all 10 of them got healed. They received healing. But notice when the one came back to give thanks and to worship Jesus, Jesus said something extra to him. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. What does that mean, made you whole? Well, what happened is that when the man began to worship, that the power of God showed up again and restored to the man what was lost because of the leprosy. In other words, if he had lost an ear, then his ear was replaced. If he had lost a finger, then his finger was replaced. Now, here's what I want you to see. All 10 got healed, but only one got made whole. Now, Mm -hmm. what was the key to him being made whole? It was his worship. Mm -hmm. Now, notice what Jesus said. He said, your faith has made you whole. Notice he didn't say your worship has made you whole. He said, your faith has made you whole. What does that tell us? That in Jesus' mind, worship Mm -hmm. is equal to faith. Uh Uh Worship is equal to faith. Here's another way of saying it. Worship is one of the highest flows of faith. In other words, worship is one of the highest ways that you can display your faith is Uh through your worship. Now, when the man began to worship, the power of God showed up again And began to minister to the man again, and and as I said to you, restored to the man what was lost because of that disease. Now, why was Jesus, why did, let me go back to verses 17 and 18. Remember, Jesus asked the question, he said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this stranger, this foreigner? Why was Jesus disappointed? Remember I said to you, it's not because he needed their worship or he needed their praise. No, Jesus was disappointed because, listen to me, he wanted to make all 10 of them whole, not just the one. Mm -hmm. He wanted all 10 of them to receive what they had lost to receive back what they had lost, that he wanted all 10 of them to be restored and made whole, but only one was because of his worship. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us a lot. It tells us that that if we will spend time in worship and we will worship God, that what God will do is go above and beyond what he does for the one who just receives healing. In other words, God will work and exceed the miracle of healing. He will cause a second part to happen and cause restoration to take place. Hmm. And I love that. Okay. I love the fact, let me um, refresh your memory. I tell you what, go with me, hold your hand there. We got a couple of minutes. Go, go over with me to Mark chapter five, keep your place there in, in Luke. But let's go to Mark chapter five. And uh, you remember the woman with the issue of blood that was healed. Okay. Notice uh, when she came to Jesus, she fearing and trembling in verse 33, Mark five, verse 33 came and fell down before him and told him the whole story. Now notice what Jesus response to her was daughter, your faith, has in the old King James says the same phrase, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be, the actual language says, and be whole of your affliction or be whole of your disease. What happened? Because the woman fell down at Jesus' feet and testified about what God had done in her life. In other words, she did the same thing as that leper did the power of God showed up and re- Jesus equated her praise to her faith, her worship to her faith, and it released the power of God to be able to produce wholeness in her life. Because remember, she was healed when she touched Jesus' garment. This mm-hmm. is after she was healed. So now she's been made whole. What does that mean to this woman with the issue of blood? Remember, she had, she had spent all of her money going to all those different physicians. What does that mean? God was going to restore back to her what she had lost because of that disease. Relationships that she had lost, God was going to restore that back to her because that, and restore that, that that disease had taken from her. My point is this. If we will worship and not just receive from Jesus, but we will worship him then we will see the power of God go above and beyond what is expected. We will see the power of God bring restoration in our lives. Now, I love the fact that God will show up. He'll answer our prayers. He'll do what we are asking Him to do. But when we truly spend time worshiping Him, thanking Him for what He has done, then the power of God will go beyond just meeting the need. And I believe that it will show up and cause things to be better off than they were before the disease or before the need ever struck. All right. Now, as I begin to wrap this up again, Jesus wanted to make all 10 of them whole. And that's what disappointed him. Again, it was not the fact that he needed all 10 of them to come and worship him. No, he knew, he knew. He knows what happens when people worship him, how the power of God will show up, and that he wanted all 10 of those men to receive the fullness of what he had for them. Now, there was a, a, a minister, a man of God. He's gone to heaven now. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. His name's Norval Hayes, great minister. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Lord really used him in ministering and teaching on how to receive healing, how to walk in healing, and so forth. And one of the things that he was very anointed to teach on was worship and how it relates to us receiving from God, and especially where healing is concerned. And uh, he said this, he said, the Lord Jesus told him, He said that the Lord spoke to him and said this, My children basically love me, but they live in poverty, sickness, and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Now, notice he didn't say they don't worship me, period. He said they don't worship me enough. Now, as I was reminded about this, again, you know, listen, as I study these things, I apply them to me just like I'm asking you to apply them to your life. So, you know, when I see these things and I'm, I'm reminded of that, it, it, it corrects me. It helps me and helps me ask myself, am I worshiping enough? Am I worshiping the Lord enough? I remember brother Hagen used to give the illustration and, uh, said, you know, that our prayer life ought to be like a scale. You remember the old timey scales where you Mm -hmm. had one side had a dish and another side had a dish and it had, it was held up by something in the middle. And he said, don't ever let your requests outweigh your praise and your worship. Hmm. All right. So, you know, we, we tend to go to the Lord. We have our requests and there's nothing wrong with that. He said, bring your requests to him. But what I want us to always think about is in that scale, have the side of the scale out, outweigh your request with praise and worship. Let worship outweigh your request. In other words, spend at least twice as much time worshiping as you do lifting up the request. Okay. And so I believe that when we will do that, that, that we will see the power of God show up and do some marvelous things in our lives as we worship God uh, like this one leper did. And so, you know, I can imagine, you know, if he was (laughs) loud, we don't have record of this, but again, as I said, my imagination plays this out. If he was loud, just getting healed of leprosy, can you imagine what he was like as he left Jesus' presence after he was made whole? You know, if there was something missing or something like that, I imagine he about tore that place up because of just being so thankful and so appreciative for what God had done in his life. And, and listen, again, I want to remind you, this man was considered a heathen man. This man was not a religious man. This man was not an Orthodox Jew. He was somebody that was not even walking with God, and yet... The Lord did this for him because he loved him and cared for him and wanted to minister to him. And so how much more will he do for us who are his children? If we Mm. will just do, like I have told you before, we can receive what these people got if we will do what they did. Amen. 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 Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.